Good morning and welcome to episode 74 of the Jaguar Report podcast. My name is Gus Logue, joined as always by my co-host John Shipley. John, how's your week been? It's been a week. <laughs> it's, it's, been a it's, it's been good. Yeah, it's thrown off a little bit by Monday Night Football, but it's been it's been solid. That was, yeah. a, that was a good game last night. Oh, yeah, that's true. Holy cow. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> the Dakota no, Prescott with a big game. Michael yeah. Parsons forgot how to count. We we got we had everything. Michael Parsons is all over the place. I've got a hot take about him later. It was definitely a okay. Good okay. Okay. See, you say that, and I want to be happy, and I want to look forward to it. But if you're going to say something like Michael Parsons is going to have one and a half sack next week, then just just know right now I'm going to hit you later. I I think you're going to love me later. I'll say that, but. We'll save the hot takes for later. You got some you got some room to make up on that one. I, I know I do. I know I do. But I've been in the lab this week. I've cooked up a bunch of good okay. ones. I think you're going to be happy. I think I'll be out of timeout after this one. Okay. Even though I'm out of timeout with the last one. But, yeah. I had a good week, too. It was a, a nice little break, like, after the Thanksgiving holiday. And then with the game not being until Monday, this week has felt a little bit slower and a little nicer. So, Looking forward to two days off, a day of not watching the Gators, and then a day of watching. Uh, the Gators don't play Saturday? <laughs> Does UCF play Saturday either? <laughs> They've played a couple weeks. <laughs> That's fair. But... <laughs> Here's my hot take. I mean, you, don't have to, you, you don't have to heighten it. I'm just saying I'm glad I don't have to watch the Gators. Just let Here's me my hot take. And get out of here. Only one ETN brother will play for a Florida football team next year. And... <laughs> It ain't yours. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> not even a hot take. I yeah, nah, yeah. I no. I I took the screen a screenshot of like the notification that Jake or Grand Merch was coming back next year and sent it to my buddy and said, "Oh brother, I don't know who else they have that would be like a better option, honestly." But oh brother, yes. Just suspend the program. Like a lighthearted sports podcast. Come on. Yeah, man. But back to a uh, a good team with a winning history. You know, uh, (laughs) not a winning history. (laughs) 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 I'm still just like slide, but (laughs) a winning history in the last 18 months. (laughs) There you go. Back out. Okay. Um. uh, Yeah. You know, big Monday night football game. This weekend against the Bengals, this game looked a lot more exciting like a month ago before, you know, Joe Burrow got hurt. What's his actual injury? I know it's a wrist injury because Mike Florio won't shut the hell up about it. But what 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 is the actual? It not that it matters. It, it was pretty funny they listed Jake Browning on the injury report, the wrist injury yesterday, and Florio was like, either he has an actual injury or they're being cute with this and trying to joke about it. And it's like Mike, they're, they're talking about you. <laughs> 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 so obviously this game looks a lot different with Jake Browning on her center. My only recollection of Jake Browning and quarterback at, at, like in football at all is like him and John Ross and God, what year was that? Like 27, 2017, 2018, whatever year it was that John Ross went dummy and ended up becoming like a top 10 pick. Yeah I, remember, yeah. I remember him being the John Ross motion at Washington that year. He, he was like every Washington Huskies quarterback ever. So that's my only recollection of him. Gus, you know, offense has been clicking the last two weeks. We'll start right with them. I think this is a 
I'll, I'll probably look stupid for this because it seems like most of my predictions kind of go that way. I think they have a chance for a 40 burger this week. Mm, I think they have a good chance for a 40 burger. Yeah, I, I, like that. Like that's bold to predict for an NFL game, but they're rolling right now. And then like you, you look at like these Bengals defensive numbers and no disrespect to Big Lou. You know, love Big, Big Lou. <laughs> He's the biggest Lou of all the Big Lou's. <laughs> However, on defense right now, they're currently 26th in EPA per play, 30th in success rate, 23rd in EPA per play against the pass, 27th in EPA per play against the rush, the 26th in early down EPA. They're 32nd in explosive play rate. 32nd explosive pass rate allowed and 32nd explosive run rate allowed. Like, this defense is quietly like maybe the worst in the NFL right now. Yeah. I think over the past month, it maybe has because the Broncos defense obviously started out pretty slow with the new defensive coordinator in Miami putting up 70 early in the season. But in the past month, like even against like not super impressive offenses, they keep getting toasted. Like Kenny Pickett in the Steelers in their first week without Matt Canada. Like, I mean, they only scored 16 points, which is like pretty hilarious. But they had easily their best like offensive day from a yardage production standpoint. So I've also got down here that the Bengals defense ranks dead last in yards per play allowed and explosive plays allowed per game. So yeah, like any way you look at it, it's not great. Uh, I think the like back end has been like the biggest issue for the Bengals is because yeah. they had two safeties leave in the offseason, Von Bell and Jesse Bates. So they've got new guys playing those positions. They have a second year guy, Dax Hill, playing one safety position, and then some like veteran from the Rams. I think Nick Scott maybe playing the other one. Uh, and then like all three of their cornerbacks have been pretty up and down. None of them have been that consistent. I mean uh Hilton is always has always been like a fun guy out of the slot and he's used really well against the blitz but in terms of coverage uh Cincinnati's defense just isn't really holding up so definitely seems like it's going to be a potential 40 burger on deck with how explosive Jacksonville's offense has looked the past two weeks yeah I mean so like the biggest thing I feel like with the Jaguars offense like turning it up the last two weeks is one the offensive lines obviously blocked better Part of that has been they're not blocking like two of the best edge rushers in the NFL in one game, like they were against the 49ers. Part of it, I also think, is Trevor Lawrence. You know, he said the Rich Eisen, 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 Rich Eisen. Yeah, that sounds sure. right. Yeah, let's roll with that. Yeah, he said on the Rich Show that <laughs> he said he's he said on the fireside address that uh, he his knee has felt. 100% comfortable like since the Tennessee game and that's really when it like started and you can kind of tell like when he plays you know like he's moving around better he's reacting to pressure better like we talked about it, like whenever he got interior pressure against the 49ers he was like a deer in the headlights like it just looked like he could not avoid it you know like it looked clunky but last couple weeks he's looked much better in that regard I think it's probably like a chicken and the egg type thing. Like he looks healthier, the offensive line looks better, the offensive line looks better, he's moving around better. They, they go hand in hand. Right. But I think when you combine that with like you said, a Bengals secondary that is a far cry from the days of Eli Apple and <laughs> <laughs> Oh, touche, John. He got yeah. it. 
No, I, I agree with you. Their secondary when they went to the Super Bowl was really good. Yeah, you know they they they, they, they legitimately had a very good defense, and I I agree with you. I think this year the big part of it is so many young guys. You know, Dax Hill, uh, DJ Turner, who the Jaguars should have picked in the second round. Uh, you know, just all all those guys. I I got asked the mailback question. It was like, uh, you've been tough on the Jaguars day two picks. Who would you have picked since they were unable to trade up? And I'm like. They drew it down the pick strange, man. Yeah, like I wish they didn't pick Luke Shoemaker because I mean all I know is that basically basically the same exact production. Yeah, no, you're right. That's they, kind of are, right. are so you I, in I, favor I, of uh traded down to their tight end when Dallas traded up for theirs? What would you say? Well, while we're on the offense, let's just go ahead. While we're on the offense, let's just go ahead and uh, do this. Your thoughts on uh, Zach Ertz and Doug Peterson potential reunion? What would you think about that? It would take away Brent Strange as like half a target a game to like zero targets per game. <laughs> but, yeah, I does mean, it move you? It doesn't move you. It doesn't move you. It doesn't, man. The like the reunion would be cool because of Doug, and like there is a quote that someone I think Johnny sent into a group chat where. It, like Kirk was talking about what made him come to Jacksonville, and he was saying that when he was in Arizona, Ertz was also in Arizona, and Ertz said you should really like strongly consider playing for Doug Peterson. So like that quote has kind of been brought back into circulation, just to show that Ertz is clearly a Doug guy. But I think it's more likely that he ends up going back to Philly because like they have like a hole at tight end because Dallas Goddard is out. I don't know if he's out for like the rest of the year for sure, but he's definitely out right now with some kind of injury. Uh, but then like for the I Jaguars, like I like I almost feel like it's like the same thing as like trading for an edge rusher, where it's like they're not gonna like they might not get a really big fish because then like what does that say about Trayvon Walker? It's like then like if they get Zach Ertz, like that's cool, but then like what does it say about Brent Strange? So like I don't know if they would want to do that like reverse PR ploy on themselves. But then also, like, even without that, like, I don't – like, where does – where is Ertz going to find snaps? I'm assuming he's, like, not really much of a run blocker at all. And, like, it's not like they're, like, looking for someone to play slot tight end. So, yeah. I, like, I don't, like, I don't really know how it's much of a fit besides the Doug connection. Yeah, and, like, they already basically just use, like, two tight ends, like, all, 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 all intents and purposes. Like, strange barely play. <laughs> he's, like, barely, like – a part of what they do. So I'm with you, but you know, the people, the people love to talk about it. So we figured we'd at least, uh, you know, knock it around a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like this game specifically, I, I'm going to assume that it's a Calvin Ridley week. Is is that, is that your take? (laughs) You know, the take, it's never not a Calvin Ridley week. Ah, Dude, it's starting to get to the point where every time he has a good game, I'm, I'm definitely afraid of what I said on the podcast. <laughs> so I was like riding with him every single week, like before the bye when he like wasn't going off. So now that like the offense is starting to click, like I have to keep riding with him because like now he's actually going to like start paying stuff off for me. So you don't have absolutely, to. Absolutely a common really week. Okay. Okay. I, I feel like the one spot the Bengals are okay at the secondary is slot corner. Like, Mike Hilton's still really good. He's probably a better, like, overall slot and, like, a pure coverage guy. Yeah. But 
it does feel like like where the beat the Bengals is on the outside and going deep. So I, I'm with you. I'd, I'd expect big things from Calvin Ridley this week. I I think the Jags are going to keep deploying, you know, some of the same stuff they've been doing, you know, play action, moving Lawrence out of the pocket, going for more deep shots. Like it, it can't be a coincidence that since Peterson said, basically, we're not throwing it deep enough that they've had their two biggest, you know, vertical like games of the year. So I, I really think they're going to keep that rolling. Mm-hmm. And also like, they just put Ridley in better situations, you know, more condensed formations. You know, he's playing a little more in the slot. I think you see more of that this week. I I think this has potential to be like Ridley's like statement game of the season, considering it's on prime time and everything like that. And for all the hand wringing and John Shipley go to hell, you told us Calvin Ridley would be good, you know, takes. He's on pace for like 70 catches, 1,100 yards, seven <laughs> touchdowns this year. He's having a good year. Dude, and like his like prop bet before the season was I think like seven or eight hundred. So if he goes over eight hundred, then like I know that like you and I were like saying stuff like Pro Bowl year potentially, but like I, I, I'm right back on that horse. <laughs> I'm right back on it. I'm right back on it. I, I never lost. I never lost faith. Dude, like with the like offense being down in general this year, like I feel like that like makes. Uh, makes it like a closer race like across the board for like pro bowls for like the mvp races like i feel like someone could like just have like an awesome last month and like win an award almost because of it so yeah yeah I, i'm right there with you with ridley too all right does ingram get a touchdown this week no all right you ready for my first hot take that's it devin lloyd, devin lloyd will get his first interception, and he'll score his first touchdown of the year before Evan Ingram. Oh, God. That's depressing. <laughs> That's depressing. Evan Lloyd's scoring a touchdown before Evan Ingram this year. Jake Brown is going to throw it right to his face mask and it's going to get stuck in there and he's going to run to yeah, the end yeah. <laughs> No hands needed. Look at all, no hands. Hey, well, I think, he, I think he's, like, all cleared now. He doesn't have the club anymore, so empathetically. That's definitely one of like the big things to watch for is like will Devin Lloyd catch the ball that goes his way because there will be at least one. Okay, I I I, I got a bulky ball for you in that case. <laughs> okay, all right, you ready? Yep. Would you rather have a player who's averaging forty six point nine yards and zero point two nine touchdowns this year, or? A player who's averaging sixty nine point two yards and zero point two nine touchdowns this year. Is it was the touchdowns both point two nine? They're both point two something. So sure I was. guess I'd have more yards. Yeah. Here. So you agree that Christian Kirk's a better receiver than T. Higgins? He's you got bulky ball, my friend. <laughs> everybody's asking everybody's trying to get the Jags to sign T Higgins they already have him in a much smaller more efficient package T Higgins is going to get come on T Higgins or Christian Kirk T Higgins or Christian Kirk uh, T Higgins or Christian Kirk dude honestly I don't know I think I think Higgins might be like a better receiver for Lawrence but the numbers disagree is this so? This was like yards per game this season. Yeah, yeah. I think. I mean, Kirk's had more production. I think. I would. I think you could say Kirk is a better receiver. Damn it! The bulky ball sucks when you 
freaking go like when you when you agree with it. Now now I got to figure out a way to say take Big Z's better than Joe Mixon. <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't know if that would be hard to find. Try to find like their yards per carry this year because Mixon's been on washed list for a while now. Well, he's a he's above Travis Etienne at the moment. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I, I guess I guess that's a good segue to our next point. Can, can the running game get back on track this week? I know ETN's limited with a chest injury. It, by the way, Tank Bigsby, 2.4 yards per carry. <laughs> Joe Mixon, 3.9. So let's just go ahead and move on from, from that one. Not, yeah. <laughs> we we got bulky balls on that one. <laughs> yes. well, well played, Duke Tobin. Well played. Yeah. Um, <laughs> ETN, I know, is limited this week. He, so he had the chest injury last week in the second half against Houston, came back in the game. He'll probably be limited all week in practice this week. I, I, I know Mia talked to him in the locker room, and he more or less like said like he thinks he's going to play since it's a Monday night game. I'd expect like the usage, if he does play, to be kind of similar to – the Texans game where like it's like 60 30 in terms of like snap percentage and like 20 like 10 in terms of like touches maybe a bit more de-earnest but does the running game get back on track this week because I I feel like that's been like the one thing like really keeping the offense from like being a dominant force like they're slinging the hell out of the ball you know Trevor Lawrence by the numbers has been the best quarterback in the NFL since the 49ers like loss even like Okay, well, Dak after last night might change that. But I know before last night, Trevor was number one in EPA per play the last two weeks and number two in success rate. But it just, like, makes you wonder how much better would the offense look if they had any semblance of a running game? Because they – like, when's the last time they effectively ran the ball? Not the last three weeks. I wouldn't even say against Pittsburgh. Maybe, like, against 2017. New New Orleans, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so since since two thousand two, the Jaguars' rushing attack is hold up, it's it's loading. It's two thousand two, two thousand twenty two. Sorry, it's early. <laughs> since so since last year, the Jaguars are twenty eighth in rushing EPA and twenty seventh in success rate, and they have like. The Buccaneers behind them, the Texans behind them, the Vikings behind them, the Seahawks and Chargers. So just like notoriously bad, like rushing attacks. You know, on, on the flip side, they have the number eight passing game the last two years by EPA per play, the number four passing game by success rate. It's like one of the most one sided offenses in the NFL, which makes it that more maddening that specifically fantasy people were saying earlier in the year, like Travis Etienne was carrying the offense. Like his touchdowns obviously played a big part, but this, this is Trevor Lawrence's like offense. Like they are a throwing team. Mm-hmm. Do you think that changes this week? Can the running game get back on track? Because the running game has been good for like maybe three games. And that's a big scenario. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think they'll be able to get back on track. Cause I think when you like look at the Bengals defense, the biggest thing that stands out is the explosives that they allow in the pass game. But they're they're not very good in the run game either, and they like I think they mostly let up like explosives in the pass game, and then like just a lot of high success rates on the run game. And honestly, they let up both in both phases. But for the run game, like they just haven't really been able to like get off the field, or like especially like late in games, like teams have been able to just kind of like 
pound it down their throats to like finish out games. And so like we've been kind of like waiting for the Jaguars to show that they've been able to do that all season. And then like last week, or I think two weeks ago against the Titans is when Lawrence was saying on the sideline, like, oh, Press did a great job of like calling all these passes when they expected runs. Um, but I think I think this week you'll turn the to... camera and wait. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I think this week you'll be we'll a little bit more of a balance with the run in the past. Because obviously like going a little pass heavy the last two weeks has worked out great, but I think like the Jaguars definitely want to be more balanced in general, and this is going to be a good opportunity to for them to get balanced. Um, and I'm excited to see Ezra Cleveland out in space because he had that awesome block two weeks ago, I guess, where he like ran 40 yards down the right sideline. Uh, so now that like he and Walker are kind of in their natural positions and they're like going to start, uh, I'm excited to see the Ezra Cleveland effect. So you know how much I love, love, hate following and seeking out tweets that will just piss me off. I I, I bookmarked a nice little Bengals tweet from one of the worst Bengals tweeters, you know, possible. Is it it the worst one? Huh? Is it the worst one? There's like eight that are the worst one, dude. I don't don't know. It's not the Bengalorian. It's a – but it was was like – Okay. It was, it was like a reaction to the Cam Robinson. It was like a Jaguar stalwart left tackle down. Trey Hendrickson has a chance for a big game against a backup left tackle. And I'm, I'm just waiting for Hendrickson to get to get stonewalled. So I can just go ahead and retweet that and send it to the Wolves. That, I'll be honest. Love my platform, being able to, you know, communicate with so many people and the connections I've made. My favorite thing I can do on my platform is retweet things I hate and just watching the piranhas and then the sharks are (laughs) people are like you only quote retweet me so your followers can yell at me yes (laughs) that's exactly why (laughs) it's it it works every time you got anything else on the offense yeah I I got one more stat to throw out Uh, according to sports info solutions the Bengals defense is top three in the usage of stacks boxes, one high coverage shells, and middle of field closed coverages. So a lot of stacks boxes, a lot of one high, a lot of probably cover one, cover three. Um, but then on third down specifically, since he has the highest usage of one high shells and man coverage in the league, when it's like all downs, the Bengals are like pretty split up between man and zone. But then on third downs, they like getting into man. And so every week is a Christian or every week, every week is a Calvin Ridley week. But I think this could also be a, a Christian Kirk week because even though, like you said, like Hilton is probably their best coverage man. I don't think he can stick with Kirk. Yeah, I don't think he can stick with Kirk because like he can like he's like good like around the line of scrimmage, I feel like. But like the Jaguars like are doing like all these deep crossers all of a sudden out of the slot. And so like I don't know if Mike Hilton can really Mike Hilton or any of the other DBs can really like keep up with Kirk when uh, like the Jaguars are drawing up good plays for him on like third and five situations. So I would, I would look out for Ridley to be like their cover three zone beater on early downs and then Kirk to be their cover one man beater on late downs. Oh, I like that. There you go. That's good. That's, that's why we listen. Yes. 
right. That's why we. That's why we subscribe. That was a, that was a good little <laughs> nugget. I'm, I'm, I'm with that. I think that the biggest thing the Jaguars take advantage of in the passing game is like when they realize DBs can't run with them. Like against the Saints, they had a lot of those deep overs from the slots because like Alante Taylor just could not run with Kirk. So I, yeah. I, I'm with you. It's it's a novel concept, you know. Like everybody talks about route running from the slot and all the nuances. Like no, just run fast, <laughs> fifty yards across the field. I'll say in Kirk's defense, I think he's like a pretty underrated route runner. Like. Obviously, the Jags are really good route runner. Incredibly good job of scheming him up, but like he definitely holds up his side of the bargain of like getting open. He's he's got the goods. He I don't think he's their best route runner in a vacuum. I think he's been their best route runner this year, though. Yeah, I think he was like I was pretty impressed by him, like watching him on film last year too. There was like, some plays when he was like not getting targeted and would get wide open. I was like, wow, I just wasn't really expecting to see that. No, if if uh, I, I remember, I clipped it after on the play he fumbled against the Saints. He just yeah. like come like his release, oh, yeah, his route, dude. Yeah, it was nasty. That was but, definitely his like game of the year. I think was the Saints because his route on that like game winning touchdown was pretty filthy yeah. too. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I guess we're gonna hit the defense after this break. Yeah, let's All do right. it. We'll be right back. All right, guess. Time the bulky ball, Duke Tobin again. Yes or no? <laughs> Orlando Brown would be the fourth best offensive tackle on the Jaguars roster. Mm. Correct. I'm trying to. I was trying to think if he might be the fifth worst. <laughs> <laughs> Who, who's their fourth tackle? <laughs> yeah, I, was, I, I was trying to be like, Corey, he's not even a tackle. Yeah. Uh, no, I'll see this. He's better than Blake Hans, you know. <laughs> All right. so, I, I mean, Blake Hans is pretty nice in those six offensive lineman packages. I, what the worst take I've ever had in my career as a Jaguars reporter, and people, there have been many. I've had some. Okay, don't make a face. Don't make a face. <laughs> I've had some stinkers. I said the Jaguars a few years ago to trade a first for Orlando Brown, and my good lord, I. God, is he worth like a fifth? He's he he's a really really bad tackle. He's I I think Arjan. I don't want to butcher his last name. Arjan. Arjan. Yeah. Okay. That good analytics guy on Twitter like tweeted out like the tackles who like have the highest responsibility for pressures on their line, and he's top five. He's like allowing twenty five percent of the Bengals pressures. Which somebody replied and was like, that could just mean they have a good offensive line and he's just struggling. No, 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 no. <laughs> They have a bad line of which he is the worst player on. Like yeah. it, it, it was fascinating to see Bengals fans like literally like parading like the streets and celebrate that signing so like vigorously. Especially after like <laughs> the Bengals, anytime they face the Chiefs, like Lou, Big Lou's game plan was like we're getting Trey Hendrickson on an island against Orlando Brown because he cannot block Trey Hendrickson, and then like. That was like their game plan for like multiple games, and then like the Bengals go out and get Orlando Brown, and then their fans are like rejoicing. It, it didn't make any sense whatsoever. Like, but I will say, like, in their defense and in our defense, because I, I I also had that take where I thought the Jags should send a draft pick for Orlando Brown when he was like about to leave the Ravens. But yeah. I, like, it was less about Orlando Brown for me and more about just like the quarterback situation because at that point. I don't even know if Trevor Lawrence is on the Jaguars. Maybe it was his rookie year, but it was either his rookie year or like the Jags were about to draft him. And either way, like I was like, it would be pretty nice to have like a 
franchise left tackle for oh yeah I think, whoever the next guy is. Uh, yeah, it was. I think the take was the Jaguars should trade like their second first round pick for him. Yeah. Um. So like. My whole I'm, I'm like looking at my article from back and like, Good God. Like, their, their whole thing is like trying to protect Joe Burrow. And so like obviously it was a bad bet, but if that's like if that's your goal, then like I can at least respect it a little bit because of that. But yeah, he's uh I, not sorry. Great. Like the but, entire premise of us taking a like dump on him is I think this is a big Josh Allen week. I think Josh Allen has another 10 pressure, you know, weekend. You're starting to hear a little bit in the national media. Cameron Wolf, awesome, like awesome dude, awesome reporter. Yeah. He's, in my opinion, one of the best national reporters there is. Came out with on a NFL Network, you know, him making the case for Allen as a potential defense player of the year candidate. I think for Allen to win the award, he has to have big games and primetime games. So, you know, this week and Sunday Night Football against the Ravens, I think he set up both weeks to do so. You know, Ronnie Stanley's banged up. He's kind of a show of himself. But especially this week, I, I Orlando Brown, I, I, I just don't think can block Josh Allen one-on-one. So I think it will be like the Saints game where he gets like 10, 10 to 12 pressures and is like, right there for a sack like a bunch of times, but they're just getting the ball out of Jake Browning's hands so quickly that it's almost impossible for anybody, you know, to get a sack. Yeah. But that I, I'm predicting a big Josh Allen game. And, you know, is it a hot take to predict the force fumble? I feel like they don't happen enough for it to. I, I, I'll allow it. I think it's a hot take. Uh, my hot take, Josh, not, not even a hot take, my prediction. My prediction, not a hot take. Josh okay. Allen, 10 pressures. A sack and a forced fumble, a strip sack. Okay. One of the the best kind of strip sack where he's like four yards behind the quarterback and just slaps the ball out of his hand. Yeah, I just got to – like that little <laughs> – <laughs> That was always great. Yeah, I will say that Drake Browning, even though like they're definitely getting the ball out fast on purpose, he does have like the third highest rate of pressures turning into sacks this year, according to PFF. He's like – I think Ooh. he's sandwiched right between Daniel Jones and Tommy DeVito. So he's like not exactly great at avoiding pressure. <laughs> Dude, that's been like honestly one of the best storylines of this like football season is like the Northern Jersey man taking over quarterback duties for the Giants. But anyway, the, uh, among the Jets, the Jets beat is on their Jaguars 2019 you know, mode where they have nothing to write about but the quirky backup quarterback who yep. probably shouldn't <laughs> be playing. There you go. Uh, among 45 quarterbacks with at least 50 dropbacks this season, uh, Browning has 54 in a game and a half, or three games technically, but he's really just played a game and a half. Uh, but he has the third worst PFF passing grade, and he ranks sixth worst in both big-time throw rate and turnover-worthy play rate with Gardner Minshew right next to him in both categories. So, yeah, he's he's basically like Gardner Minshew or Tommy, Tommy DeVito. It's 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 not great for the Bengals. These are three quarterbacks who are basically the same guy. <laughs> more more or less. I, like, I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think I would ever feel bad for Bengals fans, but I feel a little bit bad for them right now because this is 
just kind of stinks for them. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Get me out of it. <laughs> after the, the tossing and turning after the Mar Hamlin thing last year, like, no, it's not fair to us. Like, nah, that, nah, Bengals fans can get the smoke fair. anytime. Fair. I, like, I, obviously, Jamar Chase is still like a freak. I, yeah, I think he still scored a touchdown last week. He's still, you know, liable even with a bad quarterback to be able to beat you vertically and make a game-changing type of play. Joe Mixon hasn't had a good year. Like I, I feel like the Jaguars, like this is going to sound like the stupidest take possible because duh. But when the Jaguars play teams with bad rushing attacks, they their defense like against the pass just looks that much better. Which you know, obviously, yeah, that that that's what would happen. But like their entire plan is already to make teams one dimensional. When they're doing that against teams that can't run the ball to begin with, that just makes like them a dominant unit and you get so many third and longs. I, I would imagine it looks a lot like the Titans game where they're just like living in like third and seven yeah. all game. I was thinking the Falcons game, but they were like pretty similar. The Titans game is a better example that I, I'm with you. I think it's going to well, – they're going to win a lot on early downs and it's just going to be like Jake Browning throwing up priors on third and eights and third and nines. I only said Titans game because it happened two weeks ago and I barely remember the Falcons game. <laughs> well, it was like the same thing. It was like even though the – I mean, they were able to like slow down both Derrick Henry and Tyler Algier. <laughs> Tyler Algier. You're Ejon sick. <laughs> You're sick. You're sick I, in the head, dude. That like earnestly, so I wasn't even trying to make a joke. Uh, but they that, that would have been a good bit. The Falcons and the Titans both have. I mean, the Titans aren't obviously aren't what they used to be, but they have like decent running games, and the Jags completely bottom up, bottom them up, and then Will Levis and Desmond Ritter were just kind of like sitting ducks on late downs. Uh, so, yeah, I, th- I think it's going to be a pretty yeah. similar equation. Yeah. I, I think – Oh, true, true. I think this could be a Trayvon Walker breakout game because, I like, I agree with everything you said about Josh Allen and, like, it's really cool that he's getting some well-deserved uh, defensive player of the year hype. And, I mean, he definitely has a good matchup on paper this week against Orlando Brown. But I think Trayvon has been, like, low-key rounding into form the past month or so. Um, and, I mean, Jonah Williams is honestly probably better on the right side than Orlando Brown is on the other side. But I think I think Trayvon is going to, like, get – like, make, make, like, one big play and have, like, everyone be watching on national TV and be like, oh, there's the f- former first overall pick. But you said you predicted uh, yeah. Josh Allen to get a snack. I had written down before this mm-hmm. that Trayvon Walker will have a strip sack and chase on it will kick it out of bounds on accident. That's my hot take. You're a jackass. <laughs> I was just trying to okay, so Why? I guess I guess I should have said earlier that Why? a strip sack isn't a hot take because obviously I wrote down strip sack and thought I needed to add something to it to make it spicier. Do you do you remember the one force fumble in Walker's career? Because I do not. He has he has uh, one. I, I don't I don't remember it. Ryan, oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Okay, so there you go. He knows how to do it. Okay, I'm letting you know right now. If he gets a strip sack and Chase on doesn't kick it out of bounds, we're clipping this. 
putting it on Twitter and pantsing you like you did to, like you did to me, Mister. I'm not gonna clip I, his whole his whole response. I, I'm only gonna clip him saying what the hell. Yeah. No, 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 no. You are now big media with an M because that was straight fake news. That was straight cap. <laughs> you fed me to the wolves, and I hope the likes were worth my loss of respect. I, for what it's worth, I I wasn't trying to like. I just thought it was funny that you said go to hell right after it, but I was just trying to like say that I said Mike Caldwell. Well, yeah. actually, no, it was about you because I said that as my hot take that the Jags were going to get national attention, and I thought that was pretty spicy. And then you were like, "No, that's absurd." And then it happened. Okay, I wasn't saying oh, it's absurd that it would happen. I'm saying it's not a hot take to say that Dan Orlovsky will make kissy faces like out of him on ESPN. When, when does Dan Orlovsky ever talk about the Jags? I mean, he broke down the Kirk touchdown against the Saints. That's two times a season that I can think of. Okay, so uh, a hot take now constitutes as the Jaguars will make it on ESPN. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> no, again, go straight to hell. Okay, okay. No, 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 no. But this is – I was also saying that, like, I pointed out last week that I thought Mike Caldwell was going to do a bunch of drop eight and a bunch of, like, give C.J. Yeah. Stroud all the time that he wants and dedicate resources to coverage. So I was right about the specific take, too. And then, like, they like ESPN, like, Darren Olofsky wasn't saying, like, oh, the Jaguars look good. Like, because that would have been, like, that's not a hot take. I would, like, they specifically got credit for their game plan against C.J. Stroud. And I guess what they showed on ESPN was more of, like, the pass rush and, like, stunts yeah. and stuff rather than, like, yeah. back coverage. But... I don't know. Mike Caldwell got national attention. I I feel like I feel like it was a good take, and then it was a correct take. I'm clapping for anybody not watching the video. <laughs> I think I can still hear. <laughs> um, I don't know. If it sounds like a clap or me banging my head against the table. <laughs> Should just let him guess. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Right, well, okay, that's fair though. If Trayvon Walker gets his trip sack. And it's not kicked out of bounds by Chase on, then you have my permission to clip the video and make me look like a jackass. Cause I accidentally did that to you last week, even though it wasn't my intentions. It, it's better if it was your intention. It's funnier that way. <laughs> it's, but, but let it be known, I will I will I will have my revenge. I <laughs> I I hold a beef with Michael Salvino from something from like four years ago. I don't think I won't hold one with you. He doesn't even matter to me. You're my friend. <laughs> I can hold the card, buddy. All right. Uh, you ready for picks, hot takes, score predictions? Or you got anything after, else? After this break, I am. Okay. Gus, I feel like you forget the breaks the same way you forget how to be a friend. No, I'm like, <laughs> I'm trying to help you transition. I'm like, let's, uh, let's. Let's get to the rest. Let's get to the rest. Yeah, of the yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm kidding. You're, a, you're a good guy. All right. <laughs> I do Hot like take. how you organize the show because it's like I start off with like the good morning and welcome to the show, and then you basically just take over from there. But <laughs> it's a good, it's a good uh, strategy, I think. We, I, I like how we do the show. For anybody, all the podcasts that do prep work and organization and collaboration and meetings and planning we just go right off the rip and i love us for it i love us yeah. for it. I, I i i i i think i think it works i, th- I think it works 
We've already given a few hot takes. I guess I guess I'll give a couple more. Uh <laughs> fine, pull my leg. Yeah, I'm trying I'm trying I'm trying to think of a good one about Paul Brown off the top of my head. It's Paul Brown, right? Not Mike Brown? Or is it Mike Brown? I, I don't know. Who who's Mike the Bengals? I think Mike Brown might be the son, but Paul Brown seems more more better. Well, I don't, I don't right. want a dead one. Oh, I think Paul Brown's a dead one. I think Paul Brown's like the OG. There you go. Mike Brown. Okay. My hot take is Mike Brown will not spend a cent at concessions. No? Nothing? At concessions at the Jaguars game on Monday night? That's right. What? He won't buy a foam finger. He won't buy a teal burger. What? I, what? I'm just trying to think of a way to call him cheap without. Huh? Do you, do you think he's going to walk by the Miller Electric Center and have like shivers go up his spine? Like, huh, you spend money on your team. <laughs> I think David Tepperad would have shivers going up his spine. Wave his hanky at the facility and then failing. But yeah, no, I think. Uh, <laughs> he might shiver looking at like the amount of dude, money that Jacksonville has on wide receivers this year. Because they're about to have to make a decision on T. Higgins. And speaking of the Panthers, T. Higgins is going to be in Charlotte next yeah, year. Yeah, okay. I, I, I guess that'll be another take of mine since so many like Jags fans like love like connecting to T. Higgins thoughts. This will be the only game he Higgins plays in Jacksonville in the next three years. That's a good one. Nice. That's well constructed, yeah. John. I'm, yeah. I'm gonna make that break that. Don't I'll even know if he'll play. <laughs> don't actually even know if he'll play. Yeah, I honestly have no, <laughs> no idea. idea. <laughs> That's the beauty of off the rift, baby. <laughs> All right, T Higgins will not play in. <laughs> so he, he's limited like he's still limited but I, i'm not sure what that means for him going into monday and like even if he did play i don't know man jack more secondaries been playing like like i i feel like buster brown's improved from his first two starts you know he got he got picked on a little bit against the saints obviously he made like the game winning pass breakup but he got picked on by them he got picked on by the steelers some um, since then, I feel like against the Titans and against the Texans, I, I I I know like he had like some of the worst like coverage stats against the Texans, like yards per coverage snap and pass rating allowed, but it was a really good passing attack. I feel like he's honestly held up the last couple of weeks. So even if Higgins did play, I'm not I'm not sold that he would have like that big of an impact. Obviously, that has to go with the quarterback, but and then right. there's also a chance that the Jaguars even get Tyson Campbell this week. You know, like. Doug Peterson said he was close last week, and he was limited yesterday instead of a DNP. So that at least gives him a chance. Like I've said before, if you're limited with Doug Peterson, you have a chance to play. If you're DNP, you're not going to play. So the fact that he's limited, I think, is a good sign. There you go. Yeah, Monterey Brown has definitely, like, held up his end of the bargain and just, like, held up in general out there. Definitely done his job by just – kind of not being a liability more than anything else, honestly. But it's been nice to see because, like, we I remember we were talking before the season, like, about how we were super worried about both the quarterback depth and the edge depth. And the worries about the edge depth haven't exactly gone away, but the worries about corner depth 
have definitely uh, gone away a lot. Like, it would definitely – like, they shouldn't just, like, ignore the position in the offseason now because they, like, have Buster Brown and Gregory Jr. And they're like, yeah, we like these guys. But, like, I don't know. Like, those guys are, have also, like, been pretty solid in, like, the time that they've been on the field. So, I think uh, the corner depth that we've seen out of Jacksonville has definitely been more encouraging than I expected this year. I, I I'd agree with that. I really like feel like like again like you know more about to get into like our player props and stuff. Like this is a week like you can expect big things for the Jaguars' offensive players, and I just I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. The Jaguars, you know, like have let backup quarterbacks. Maybe not this year, but before have games against them. Like, like I, I considered this will sound like blasphemy, but. Dobbs is like above Jake Browning on the quarterback hierarchy, but he's not that far above him. And he had a nice little game against the Jaguars last year. So there is some precedent. I know that's probably blasphemy because he's on the cover of everything because he beat the Atlanta Falcons, whatever. But nonetheless, <laughs> that's that's I that's my stance. So Gus, you got any uh and got any or are we doing picks predictions right now? I have so many so much stuff. All right, let me let me just rattle off uh, my picks for you. Yeah, I like Joe, Joe Mixon under forty nine point five rushing yards. I think like doing the opposing players under has been opposing running backs under has been a pretty strong bet for the Jaguars throughout the season since they're. I think last week they had the best defense in the league in terms of success rate against the run. So I would assume it's still up there, if, if not I one. I think they have the best run defense in terms of sex rate, like overall this year. Really? I'm. Let me look at their DVOA, yeah. DVOA real quick. I'm interested to see where they rank. Yeah. Now they. Uh, I'm pretty positive they have like they're like number fourteen in like rushing EPA per play and like number one in like rushing success rate. I think so. Mm-hmm. Like it's like legitimately like, especially like early downs is like and. Yeah, on early downs, they're number one in rushing success rate, too. And let's see. I tweet this out every week, so I can easily go back to it. Okay, they're number two in rushing success rate this year. And they're number five in rush defense DVOA. So I think objectively they're a top five run defense. And then, like, Nixon, as I was saying earlier, has been – like, hasn't looked like the same player that he once was for a while now. So I, like – and like I think Bengals fans are kind of clamoring for Chase Brown a little bit, so Chase Brown might be an interesting over bet if you can find anything on him. But I I mostly like Mixon under forty nine point five rushing yards. I like Trevor Lawrence over twenty point five completions. He's gone under twenty completions just three times since last year's bye week, and it was the loss, the blowout loss at Detroit the blowout win at Houston late last year, and then the blowout loss to the Niners this year. So they've all been, like, massive blowouts. And, like, even though, I like, I think we are both going to end up predicting blowouts in terms of the score, uh, like, I, th- I think Trevor still has a good chance to go over the completions. A, because, like, we've seen the past couple of weeks, like, even when it seems like the Jaguars are in, like, a run game script, they've continued to pass. So I, like, even though, like, we were talking about how we think the running game could get back on track this week, like, I also, like, like why would they, like, stop letting Trevor Cook all of a sudden? Um, and then also, like, I think, like, the Bengals, 
just like aren't really like the, the type of team to like lie over and die. Like I think they'll like, especially like with it being like a primetime game and like there's they like are really just like fighting for a chance at the playoffs. Like I, I think they'll like show up and compete. And so I think it'll be like, I, I certainly don't expect the Bengals to cover, but I think it will like still be close enough that like it's not like Trevor's going to be like pulled out of the game at any point. So over 25. 20.5 completions for Trevor Lawrence. Uh, give me the Ridley overs. Give me the Kirk overs because I like him on the third downs. Um, what, what's the highest Ridley over you wouldn't take? Hmm. Uh, maybe like six catches. He's at four right now. But getting seven catches would be a lot. What's the highest yardage over you wouldn't take? Yeah, I'm like I'm a lot more comfortable getting taking catches. yards props than catches because he could have like three catches for a hundred yards. Like he could put up a DK yeah. Metcalf stat line if he wanted to. I feel like yeah, Not except he but he could. Yeah. Uh, so I would say like for this game, like I would take I would take over seventy. And right now okay. his line is fifty six and a half. Okay. You ready for my lock of the week? Um. Yes. Okay. Get your key, get your chains, get your padlock, get your chastity belts, get anything that locks. Lock of the week per prize picks. Luke Farrell over five and a half receiving yards. That's right. That's right. Mrs. Farrell's baby boy made the props. I'm writing down this one too. (laughs) That's that feels like free money, dude. You no? Over five and a half yards? I I think you're right, but I I saw this bet and I was scared off. I was like, there's no way I can like feasibly recommend to people to bet on Luke Farrell. And then not only are you doing it, but you're making it your lock of the week. That's incredible. Can can I make my case? Yeah, go for it. So Doug basically said on Monday, he's like, Yeah, the reason Luke is getting more balls like thrown his direction is because we're doing more play action and rollouts and naturally the tight end is a direct recipient, you know, of that. I'm pretty sure that was like pretty much all of his yardage last week. I know his big play was a play action. So since Trevor started feeling better, he has seven targets and he has five catches for 76 yards in the last two weeks. They're moving Trevor around more and they're throwing him the ball more. He's, he's going to hit that. With that said, there have been one, two, three, four, five, six, okay, seven. Seven <laughs> of the 11 games this year. He hasn't hit five and a half yards, but hmm. lock it in. Bet the mortgage. Bet your child's <laughs> college fund. Take money from your grandmother. Do whatever you can to make money off this bet. Because no. I'm telling you, it's going to hit, um, Gus. It's, it, it's going to um, hit, and I'm going to come find you in the press box when it does, and I'm going to put your head to the glass. I'm going to say, look at it. <laughs> I'm gonna sleep by then, probably. All right, that's a good one. That's a good one. My la- my last pick is Trevor Lawrence' longest pass over 37 and a half yards. And hot take: it'll come on a Ridley post corner stop route, where they've tried to hit on this route a couple of times this year, and I think they haven't actually connected Lawrence and Ridley. But it's where like Ridley comes from out of the slot, and then like he pretends like he's running either usually a corner but sometimes a post but like he's like runs vertical and then pretends like he's running a corner 
and then he runs like almost like a curl route off of the corner route and just like stops in his tracks so that the quarterback can like fit it right there uh, between them, like underneath the safety over the top. So I think they're going to hit on that specific route type and that's going to get Lawrence over 37 and a half yards. That route's more of like an 18 yard depth kind of route. Yeah. But I guess I'm predicting that Ridley will be able to catch it and then turn and run. I like that. Here's a few others. I like Trevor Lawrence okay. over under 11 and a half rushing yards. I feel like with your point about the Bengals going to man coverage on third down so much, I, Trevor loves running against man coverage. I feel like he'll pop a scramble. Yeah, I like Zay Jones over two and a half receptions, but under 29 and a half yards. Oh, my God. This is the craziest bet slip of all time. What? <laughs> your you're Luke there, Farrell's over. Your quarterback rushing over. It's crazy. I love it, but it's crazy. I'm predicting like a three-catch, 20-yard game from Zay Jones. Yeah. And then <laughs> – Over and under on the same player. I, I don't think I've ever heard of that. Who does that? So I, I got one more for you, and I had this picked out before you said anything. Okay. Logan Cook, under three and a half punts. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. We're betting on the punter. Yeah, that, that's good, too. I, I like most of these. Logan Cook, under three and a half punts. Mm. Where do you find that one? Was it on prize picks? Oh, these are all prize picks. The, okay. these, these are all prize picks. That's so, good. I like it. I I, I want somebody to make this. <laughs> okay, fine. I, I'll do it. I'll, 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 I'll do it. I'll, I'll do yeah. the work. <laughs> yeah. Fine. <laughs> I'll be accountable. I'll put my money where my mouth is. I'll do my job. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> my job is not to bet on Logan Cook punts. That's not my job. It is now. It is now. I'm not positive what my job is, but I know it's not that. So I, uh, okay. I'll, I'll go ahead, do that, and then I'll tweet the slip out after the game. We'll see. We'll see how close I got. Okay. I, I'm excited. Okay. All right. You got to remind me which ones I picked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <I'm>, uh... <laughs> I've got to make sure I got these run down. While I, I write know. these down, what is your score prediction? Okay. My score prediction is Jaguars 38. They just barely miss out on the 40-burger. Bengals 13, which I believe was the score the last time the Jaguars played on Monday Night Football. Oh, in 2011? Yeah. Who did they they didn't win that game, but nonetheless. <laughs> Who did they play? The Chargers. Oh. Did Phillip – Carve them up. It was yeah, thir- what, what? What did I say? Did I say thirty-eight, thirteen? Yeah, or thirty-eight, fourteen? You said thirteen. Damn it! <laughs> 38, I got. The, it, I got. A no, 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 no. Keep, okay, yeah, yeah. Let's change it. Thirty-eight, fourteen. Thirty-eight, fourteen. Lock it. Okay, and then you have Luke Farrell over five point five catches. Correct. Over. No, 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 no. Over five and a half okay. yards. Yeah, yeah, yard. yeah. That is very different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have caught that later, but you thought of that. Okay, Luke Farrell over five and a half receiving yards. Lawrence right. over 11 and a half rushing yards. That's right. Zay, Zay Jones over two catches and under, what was the line, 30 yards? It was over two and a half catches and under 29 and a half yards. That's right. Wait, 2.5 catches and how many yards? 29 and a half. Okay. Tell me I'm wrong. Three catches, 20 yards. Okay, and then what was the last one? Logan Cook under? Three and a half punts. 
Yeah, what you should do is like the thing on prize picks where you can like select all five and then have like the multiplier effect and then see what happens. That's rent money next month, baby. I, I think I might. I don't know if I have any money in prize picks right now, but I might I might try to do that one with you. I think I that's, that's our three, the season so far. I got a whole three dollars in it. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't done very well this year. <laughs> um my score prediction is thirty to ten. Thirty to ten? Keep it a little simple. But yeah, I think the last I saw of the um spread was nine and a half. Or I think just nine. Definitely expect the Jags to win by double digit point, di- double digit points. I do like Jacksonville first half spread, which don't know what it is off the top of my head. But if I had to guess, based on it being a nine point line, then the first half line is probably like six ish. So I, I like I like first half Jaguars minus six ish as another yeah. as another pick because I think. Uh, I think they've done a good job of like being able to get out to leads and kind of control games recently, and they shouldn't have any troubles with this one. Yeah, no, I, I, I'd agree with that. I I really don't think this is like a game they should worry about like for a number of reasons. Like the Bengals' defense sucks. Our quarterback stinks. They have the worst Taylor brother. But also, <laughs> like, <laughs> nice. I I don't think this is a Jaguars like team that like undersells opponents enough to make it factor into them. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that they'll take the Bengals that lightly. It's because I think that's what Doug Peterson's instilled in them, which is, you know, not that, like, that's not, that doesn't go for every team. Like that, like the 2017 Jaguars absolutely like didn't like they lost to what a Blaine Gabbard in Arizona. Like they absolutely underestimated teams. I don't, I don't think this Jaguars team will do that. Um, I've got, Another hot take written down. D. Ernest Johnson will score the only touchdown of the second half. Ooh. Ooh. I picked him up in fantasy yesterday. I'm about to. He's a. I'm fine, for my, I'm fine for my life. <laughs> yeah. Are you going to play him with ETN? If ETN plays, are you going to lock him into the lineup regardless? If ETN doesn't play, I might play him. Yeah. But like since ETN or since they both play on Monday night, like are you just going to be able to leave a spot open? Or do you have ETN in your league? No. Oh, yeah, see, that makes it interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll do my actual job and figure out if he's going to play or not. Yeah. That. <laughs> well, congrats on still being in fantasy this far into the year. Because I think this is why uh, I am. I am. Oh, I have so many injuries. I'm not in anymore. Yeah, I'm fine for my life. Injuries. I'm fine for my life, and I blame Aaron Rodgers, Achilles. Yeah, Garrett Wilson was supposed to be my league winner. I have Jamar Chase, yeah. Garrett Wilson, I have Debo, I have Mahomes, and I had Mark Andrews, and I'm still wow. like Yeah, I thought one of my hot takes before the year was, I don't know if I said it on the pod or not, but I wrote it down somewhere, it was that Garrett Wilson was going to be offensive player of the year. So I was, I was I, right there. Yeah. I, I think he would have been up there if Rodgers – you know, believed in modern medicine. He would have led receivers and touchdowns, I think. Yeah, he 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 was he was due for a crazy year. So yeah. All right, Gus. You got anything else for us, my friend? I got three league wide takes for you. Ooh, okay. I've been in the lab this week. I've been okay. I've been scheming and plotting a little bit. All right, so okay. Micah Parsons went out of the way first since I teased it earlier. 
he will become the first defensive player to win MVP since Lawrence Taylor, and he'll do it next year. Ooh, okay. Okay. We're doing 2024 hot takes now? Huh? We're doing 2024 hot takes now? Well, it doesn't have to be 2024. The main thing is just that he's going to be the first defensive player to win MVP since Lawrence Taylor. But then I was like, I might as well throw in a year in there. So that yeah, I, 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 I agree with that. I, I, I think he's going to win one at some point. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I just want to be able to be like, when it happens, then when I come back and clip it, and then I happen to say 2024, if he happens to win it next year, then I'll just make it even sweeter. But yeah, I think I think he's going to win an MVP. He's he he's like he's so good. I don't even know what to say. Justin Fields will be traded to the Atlanta Falcons next year for a day two pick and lead Atlanta to its first playoff berth since 2017. I think they're going to make the playoffs this year, but. Oh, you're right, dude. I forgot. I was I was watching the game last night, and they had like the playoff picture. The Falcons at five and six, leading the division. I was like, "What? Yeah, that's insane." I I still like it. Okay, still, yeah. So maybe I, not I, first playoff first since 2017, but I think I think Justin Fields is a Falcon next year, and I think yeah. I think that's he played a good ball ball from them. Mm-hmm. That's a good bulky ball from them. Everybody wanted them to just pick Justin Fields that year, and now they can just get him for a sec, like a. Non top five pick. That's a that's a good bulky ball. True. I, I think he'll be like uh like how Kyler was like always in the MVP race after the, like the first month of the season for a couple of years. I think that's gonna ha- what's what's gonna happen with Justin is like the first month of next year. Yeah. MVP race. Um. Final take. Marvin Harrison will be selected by the Cardinals, and their coach is gonna win Coach of the Year next year. For taking the Cardinals to the playoffs, after it's like Gannon or something, right? I want to say Rich Gannon, but that's an old quarterback. That no, say Rich Gannon, <laughs> Rich Gannon, <laughs> Jonathan Gannon, Jonathan Gannon. Thank you. I was about to have to look it up. Yeah, Johnny G. He's gonna win Coach of the Year next year. So I've got my MVP with pick, my Coach of the Year pick, and my MVP through the first month of the season. Well, this has been a this has been a good off season podcast. <laughs> well, I'm trying to come up with hot takes. You keep saying it's not spicy enough. I'm just trying to fair enough. To fair like, enough. Mostly, just Justin Fields will be a Falcon, and Marvin Harrison will be a Cardinal. Is like the main thing. Fair enough. I I, I like this. I, I like this. I I think I, I think the Falcon take especially is a good one. Yeah. I I'm like if sports books opened up like. Which team is Marvin Harrison going to get drafted by? Like, I'm ready to bet the mortgage on the Cardinals. That's that's my lock of the week. Is that Marvin Harrison is getting drafted by the Cardinals? They, they just keep rolling with Kyler. I think so. I think like because like that's so that's like what spurred like these takes is that like I was thinking about like, the draft position and the draft order because like the Bears are going to be getting like the first overall pick. So like, even if Justin Fields has like a pretty nice end of the season, like at this point, I kind of feel like the bears are just going to like take either Drake may or Caleb Williams first overall. Cause I kind of have to, and then they're going to like get back whatever they can for Justin Fields. And then I think the Cardinals are sitting pretty pretty at like two or three or wherever they're at. Cause like they could get a quarterback, but why get a quarterback when you have Kyler Murray and you can give them Marvin Harrison. That's a that's a good point. I, I saw one take yesterday that was like 
the Bears should trade down from one and then take a quarterback. <laughs> just take the quarterback, dude. Yes. <laughs> just take the quarterback. Just take the quarterback. All right. Gus, you got anything else for us, my friend? Uh, No, I think we covered it all. Good episode. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, this has been the Jaguar Report Podcast. Fans of Luke Farrell Overs, John Shipley, my co-host Gus Logue. Don't forget to get Masterclass today.